Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of our podcast series. As always, I'm Josh Tyler, here with our Director of Admission, Mackie Stevens. Hello, everyone. As Josh said, I'm Mackie Stevens, um, and we are joined today by Rebecca, who's going to talk to us a little bit about Brave. Do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Sure. Thanks for having me. I'm always excited to talk about Brave. Um, my name is Rebecca Neidorf, and I am the Director and Clinical Supervisor of Brave. So, first off, what is Brave? We'll start there. Good. That's a good question. So Brave is a student-run, and I'll get a little bit into that later, um, crisis counseling program here at Bard College that serves the faculty, staff, and students. Can you tell us a bit about how Brave initially came to be and how it's evolved over, over time? Sure. So in 1991, there were there was a female student who went to, was a senior, and went to the dean of students' office and said that she had been sexually assaulted by a fellow student in her class, Um, but the assault had happened their freshman year. And when she went to the dean of students' office, it was six weeks to graduation. So the dean of students at that time sent the case to the student government to be adjudicated which even saying that now sounds so crazy, but things were done quite differently. Um, so, the, so the student government decided that both students could stay the six weeks to graduation and then graduate, but they had to stay 10 feet apart from each other, which, and they had some classes together. So this presented a problem. Um, and that decision caused an outreach amongst the student population, which was probably about half of what it is now. But they had a walkout in front of Ludlow, which is where the president's office is, and they um, sat on the Ludlow lawn for three days and kind of demanded a different approach to dealing with college mm-hmm. campus sexual assault and relationship violence. And out of that, Brave was born. And so what happened was for about a year, Brave was a bunch of students who got together and they had a 24-7 hotline where somebody, and it was anonymous and confidential, as it still is, if somebody was sexually assaulted or had been abused in a relationship at all, they could anonymously and confidentially call Brave and Brave would support them over the phone. What they were, What they quickly learned was that There were some legal issues and some ethical issues. They had no proper training. They weren't counselors. And they were starting to kind of counsel each other. Um, And so that was how my position came to be. It was not me in 1991, but it was, I was still in college. Um, They created a position for a licensed clinical social worker, which is what I am. And that person came on and I think there were I think there were one two three other directors before myself and when I came on which was in 2005 so 15 years ago it was um still responding to rape sexual assault domestic violence relationship violence and after about two or three years I realized that there was kind of a need for to respond to other types of calls. So students would call when they were anxious or if they had, you know, academic stress or they'd come home from a break and have had a fight with a family member or they were anxious about 
coming out or, you know, just a host of different issues that would come up, anything that would come up for a college student. So at that time, I re-tailored the training, which is a 40-hour training that happens over fall break, to include all of those different topics from depression to suicidality to eating disorders, again, anything you could imagine a student calling about homesickness, you know, gender questioning. And so our students now are trained in all of those areas. So we have three components. We still have the 24-7 anonymous confidential hotline, and then we do educational outreach and programming. And that educational outreach and programming um, really just has to fall under the brave umbrella. So um, sexual health, consent, healthy relationships, toxic signs in relationships. We, we try to stick to those in terms of programming, but we'll do anything that, that really the campus needs. So if something falls under the mental health umbrella and something happens to be up that particular semester, we'll, we will try to address it in some educational outreach programming. Um, and that educational outreach programming also breaks down into components from passive programming, posters, stall seat journals, to bigger productions like TMI, I don't, you're probably familiar with what they do in the community, or authors, or um, performances, and anything in between, movies, you know, smaller readings, dorm programs. So that's the educational outreach component. And then the third component is support and advocacy so that if a student calls, and again, our, our services are really for faculty, students, and staff. The majority of our calls are students. So if somebody calls and they are sexually assaulted and they want to either report to the police, report to campus, or go to the hospital to have the rape kit examination done, our counselors are trained to advocate and support for them, and that can look like many different things from arranging a confidential car service for them to accompanying them to the hospital to going with them to an investigation, whether it be on campus or off campus or both. Um, and those are the three different components, and I don't think that I missed anything there. So, yeah. Fabulous. Thank you for that, that rundown of all the resources and sort of the the different forms that Brave has taken and especially how it, how it started. Um, it's really interesting. Um, could you tell us a little bit about how many students are involved in Brave? How many students, you may have already mentioned this, but how many students are trained? Um, and then, um, yeah, and, and sort of any maybe new initiatives and things that you're thinking of currently. Sure. So um, I have found that the sweet spot of counselors is somewhere between 11 and 27. Anything under 11 and things kind of fall apart and anything over 27, <laughs> people forget accountability to one another. So um, that took me a few years to figure out, um, but now we have it down. They usually have heard about us at, at L&T and mm -hmm. then they are invited to apply and we take all a rolling applications throughout the year, but we get an influx at L&T and then um, our interview process happens right after L&T and that's a pretty extensive interview process. Again, over the years, I learned that I really have to do careful screening because this work can be kind of triggering for people. Mm -hmm. So I really have to do an intense screening. And the student counselors are part of that interview process. So they do um, a group interview with, with applicants after we narrow down who we're going to look at, not mm -hmm. even accept yet, just look at. And then they do a sort of two-on-one interview, and then I do what's called a trauma screening, which is confidential. And um, 
then they then if they're accepted they come to the training which happens over fall break it's all four days of fall break four four and a half days about and um that i always let them know is another assessment period even though they've been accepted we still look for any red flags during that time to make sure that we're not going to have counselors that are triggered on the phone with someone in crisis so after that happens then they have to come and do a role play with me and after they get through that then they are cleared to be on call so that's how that works okay did that answer that That did yeah that definitely answered the question um yeah and and you mentioned a little bit that you can connect students to different resources um Mm -hmm. you know if they needed to travel setting up confidential ways for them to move around or having someone with them um how are there what other offices are involved with brave um of course the campus is aware of it but um are there communications that happen between other offices that you work with closely that's a really good question and there's a portion of our training that's dedicated to the offices w- that we overlap with and interface with so that would be security which um in order to reach a brave counselor you have to call the security dispatch at the uh 7587777 number Mm -hmm. and ask to speak to a brave counselor. As an aside, I will say we sometimes get a little bit tripped up there because students will call and say, may I speak to a counselor? And security dispatch sometimes gets a little confused about whether that means a therapist from the counseling office Mm -hmm. or a brave counselor. And if, if somebody's looking for an anonymous phone call, they really have to specify they want a brave counselor. Otherwise dispatch will take identifying information. So, um, once that happens, dispatch calls the brave, the person who's on call on the brave phone, and the brave counselor has 10 minutes to get somewhere private and confidential to call the caller back. Um, so security. Um, health services, because we also give out Plan B to students mm. who either cannot get off campus, don't have the resources, or health services is closed. If that criteria is met, then we give it to them for free, no questions asked. Um, so health services. Uh, Dean of Students Office and Res Life. Sometimes we do safety transfers. If someone's in an abusive relationship or being stalked or harassed, we'll do a safety transfer that happens with the Dean of Students Office and Res Life. Um, And someone will be moved to a private room that's undisclosed um, location. Um, Did I think I hit... Oh, Counseling Center. We interface with Counseling Center. Currently, this kind of answers a question you asked before, but we're currently starting a sexual assault support group. We're going to... I believe it's not a done deal yet, but I think that the social work intern is going to be involved in that with the brave counselors, which seems like a really nice learning ground for all of them. So I'm hoping that that works out. Um, Whether the intern joins or not, that group is happening. Um, And that's starting in a couple weeks. Um, So other offices. I think that that's every office. Oh, and the psychology office, um, a department, I should say. Um, so if, if you join Brave, which I always tell to our, our first year students that our psychology department here is very research based. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody wants to get a clinical experience or a direct care experience, this Brave is really the only way on our campus to have that experience. Um, and so the psychology department asks, has asked me to come in and talk to their students about that. And we don't only accept psychology students, but it is a nice fit if that's something you're thinking about doing. Right. That said, I have art majors and photography majors and opera majors. You know, it runs the gamut. That's 
great. And mentioning the resources that we have on campus, the other resources and how you work with those offices, um, would Brave ever work with resources outside in the local community or would that go through the other offices that you mentioned? Another really good question. So I also want to add EMS before I forget. Mm -hmm. We obviously interface with that. Um, So we have been actually we got an award from the Grace Smith House in Poughkeepsie oh, which is cool. do you know, you're, you know the Grace Smith yeah. House yeah so they're a domestic violence agency and they have a shelter and um, we've had students work with them and partner with them over the years and they gave us a really lovely award at a lovely banquet and it was very a proud moment yeah <laughs> um, Brave's kind of my baby so it was a <laughs> proud moment um, and in the community, we also work sometimes in, in Kingston with the LGBTQ Center there. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. A family of, it's called Family of Woodstock, mm-hmm. but the location is in Kingston, mm-hmm. and we have done some work with them. And some of our students have actually graduated, and because of that connection, have gone right into jobs there, which is great. Yeah, I just great. actually talked to one this week, which was really nice. We just graduated. It was nice. Nice. Yeah. Fabulous. Um... Anything else that you think we missed that you might want to mention? Let's see. Um, I think the uh, just one other thing is that we there's a couple annual things that we do which I like to mention just because sure. they're you know they're open to the campus and I think that they're some of them are really useful for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them, even though it's advertised, there's like sort of this quiet component, but I think that it's very useful for people. We do an annual take back the night event which started in the 70s, and it's really to stop college campus sexual assault. And that is a walk through campus, a candlelit walk, and then it it, um, culminates in what's called a speak out, which happens in Bard Hall. And it's actually a really beautiful setting. It's all candlelit and dark, and it invites people to tell any story that they would like to tell about how sexual assault has touched their life. So it doesn't even have to be a direct story. It could be a friend or a relative or some in some way it's touched their life and it's just a really supportive nice evening where people get to just sort of be in community with with um you know stories that they can all relate to and identify with so it's a really like sort of beautiful supportive kind of quiet evening and that happens in april they'll be advertising for that and then the other thing is we do an annual self-defense workshop with a trainer that um everybody just love she's she comes from SUNY New Paltz but I tried many different ones over the year and I had her come three years ago and the students just raved about her so Mm. now we're making it an annual thing great that's great well thank you so much for taking the time I think this is really helpful Um, and as always if anyone listening has questions we can certainly connect you the listener um, to Rebecca if you have more specific questions but if you have anything else that's on the mind you can reach out to us at admission at bard.edu, and we'll get back to you with answers. Yeah, we look forward to next time. Thanks a lot.